Hey everyone, welcome to Taking the Pulse, a healthcare and life sciences podcast. I am Heather Hoops Matthews here in the studio with Nexon Pruitt Healthcare Attorney Dara Coleman. Dara, good to be with you. Great to see you, Heather. Thank you. Joining us today is Kelly Calabria. Kelly is the president and CEO of the Foundation for Health Leadership and Innovation, which we're going to refer to today as FHLI. This nonprofit organization develops and supports innovative, community driven partnerships that build a healthier North Carolina. Kelly took the helm of HL, FHLI in December 2020, and she is a seasoned healthcare business executive, a North Carolina native. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. We're glad to have you with us. To start us off, can you tell us a bit of the history about FHLI? Yes, absolutely. So proud of this organization. And I'm really excited to say that um, FHLI this year will celebrate its 40th anniversary as an organization. So really excited about that. We have a big celebration coming up in October, October 6th, our big event we have every year. So looking forward to that. Um, But it's a a really um, interesting history about this organization. And it really started as the brainchild of a gentleman named Jim Bernstein. And Jim was the first director of the Office of Rural Health for North Carolina, which is sits sits within the Department of Health and Human Services um, within North Carolina. And Jim's vision was, you know, oftentimes state government um, cannot move quickly enough. It has it, it's doing a lot, as we all know, but there's oftentimes issues and challenges that it just can't quite get in there and move as quickly as we would like them to. And so his idea was, let's create an organization that we can build and, and cultivate ideas and place people who are really subject matter experts on critical public health issues impacting rural communities in North Carolina, marginalized populations, and let's scale those ideas and get solutions into communities faster. And so that was really the idea behind FHLI. And it's it's worked great over the years. And the organization serves as a hub for those very important, I would say some of the most important public health programs um, for the state. And some instances, those programs get large enough and they spin off and become their own organizations and others, they stay under the FHLI umbrella and continue to do that that impactful work um, within community. But our focus is very much on how can we work within community in partnership with community listening to what their needs are to build those solutions and innovations as quickly as we can to begin to solve those challenges they face. That sounds like a good work and it's sure I can see the passion in your face when you talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you mentioned that FHLI has a number of programs that touch upon communities in North Carolina and it's obvious that you're, you're passionate about it and the mission is to serve whole person Healthcare. Can you tell us a little bit about these programs and, and how they touch those communities across North Carolina? Absolutely. And so one of the things that we are focused on is, and this is going to be something that we're even focused on more as we move into the next 40 years of our organization's um, legacy, if you will, is, you know, when you think about the challenges that impact the citizens of North Carolina, right? And we, we often think about 
um, you know, you're sick and you have to go to the doctor and you, and you get the, the treatment that you need. Well, I think if anything, the pandemic that we have lived through and continue to live through really shone a light for all of us on there's a lot that impacts all of us on a daily basis that impacts our overall health, right? Access to healthy food access to transportation services so that you can get to a doctor's appointment, access to sustainable housing so that we can be healthy and thrive in the community we are. So at FHLI, we take that broader look as we think about what it means to be whole person, holistic care, and not just those what we call downstream things of taking care of someone once they're sick. And so as a team, we are looking at what are those root causes? What are those systematic challenges that have existed for generations within our society that have been reasons why people um, have suffered and have those challenges, what we call upstream, right? Those root causes, meaning no, no access to affordable housing or a food desert in their community, which has caused potentially generational poverty in a community, things like that. And how do we begin to tackle those upstream root causes that will eventually help way downstream all of us be healthier? And so the programs we have currently within the foundation and how we plan moving forward as we make decisions about the programs we build and what we welcome into the foundation is all aligned with how can we begin to better tackle those system level changes. So a great example of some of our programmatic work is around oral health. We run the North Carolina Oral Health Collaborative. We do a lot of work in the behavioral health space. So working around mental health, behavioral health with our Center of Excellence for Integrated Care team, um, who are trained clinicians, which makes it outstanding. They understand the issues and are able to craft um, programming and, and challenge to tackle those challenges. And then we also um, have programming like Results in C that is going into community, working with program health directors and helping train them on how to build and, and set goals for tackling community issues in their community. Um, and then finally, we run the NC Care 360 program out of our organization, which is really a foundational program for the state of North Carolina um, to help refer people in for those social service needs that they have. Um, and we're really proud to be the organization that administers that program for the state. So those are programs that you guys administer. Let's um, shift just a little bit and, and look at rural North Carolina. So the North Carolina Rural Health Association came out with a report listing some challenges. Uh, what are a couple of those challenges, you know, and, and how could your programs overlap to help? Absolutely. So we're really proud to run the North Carolina Healthcare Association. Um, it, it is, is really an honor, I should say, excuse me, the North Carolina Rural Health Association. It is really great that we have the, the opportunity to have that as part of FHLI. But a couple of things we did recently launched the 2022 um, North Carolina Rural Health Snapshot, and that can be found on our website um, if folks want to read the full report. And it's chock full of really interesting data points. But a couple of things that I would call out um, that we saw, you know, there continue to be challenges 
across the board as it relates to our rural communities and their health, really showing how our most vulnerable communities are impacted um, by, by these challenges. I think the first um, is around the need for Medicaid expansion and what and what that would mean for our rural communities and marginalized populations. And we might talk about more about that later. The other thing we found in the, in the report was around a greater need for mental um, health care. There are few providers within our rural communities. I have a couple of statistics here for you. Of our 100 counties in North Carolina, 30 of those counties have no practicing psychologist. Just sit with that for a second when you think about that. 100 counties, 30 have no practicing psychologist. That's devastating when people need access to those mental health services. We also um, found in the report when we look at um, maternal health and the needs around um, safely being able to give birth, we have fewer places to safely give birth, which is, is a troubling statistic. Between 2014 and 2019, 13 maternity units or entire hospitals that contain maternity units closed in rural North Carolina counties, 13. And so when you think about access, and again, all of this connects with Medicaid expansion. Um, when you think about access, rural hospitals, um, that is, is, is a really big challenge. And then to put a fine point on that, really that challenge of rural hospital closures and what that means for communities. You know, North Carolina ranks third in rural hospital closures. Um, we've had 11 closures in the state since 2005. So it, it is a challenge that um, really directly impacts those who are living outside of our urban areas where, you know, for me, I can drive down the street and there's three urgent cares to choose from. It's just a different situation that our rural neighbors are dealing with and something that we have got to address. Um, and this report really outlines um, that in great detail. Well, Kelly, as you know, Nex and Pruitt serves both of the Carolinas. And so I'd like to take you back in time just a little bit to the work that you did prior to joining FHLI, where you supported the Nurse Family Partnership, a national nonprofit that pairs registered nurses with low-income first-time mothers for in-home visits. Um, for both of the Carolinas, can you tell us a little bit about this very important initiative? Absolutely. You know, I'm sure you ladies have the same experience. There, there's always one thing in your career that you can point to where you're like, that just meant so much to me in my career. And the Nurse Family Partnership work, I can truly say, was one of those moments in time when I got to work on that. And, and I'll, let me just share a little bit about what it is. It is Nurse Family Partnership is a national organization. They're actually based in Denver, Colorado. Um, but they their model is to come into states and um, work to secure funding in states and launch programs within each county of a state. The idea behind Nurse Family Par Partnership is to pair a registered nurse with a first time low income mother from, I guess when she's about 20 weeks pregnant until the child is about two years old. So she has this relationship with this nurse 
the entire time of her pregnancy through this, this baby to a toddler age. And what's great about the um, program is it's about in-home visits. The nurse comes into the home, works with the mother, and it's not just about those um, maternal health outcomes. While that is a huge piece of what the program is about, having the mother be healthy and the baby be healthy, it's also about the economics uh, of this, helping the, the mother be able to stay in school and, and help her be able to retain her job and all of those pieces while she's um, navigating through the pregnancy. And so um, it, when I joined this project and this work, a cohort um, had come together of funders. So it was like the Duke Endowment, the Blue Cross Foundation, the Department of Health and Human Service, and their counterpart in South Carolina. And a series of other funders um, had come together and said, we want to have this uh, program in both North Carolina and South Carolina. And the goal was they would fund it initially but then eventually we would work with the legislatures in both states to get long-term sustainable funding so the program could exist in perpetuity. And so my job was to help launch these sites in each community um, to get awareness and, and build awareness so we have stories to tell. So I would get in the car and I would get with the nurse and I'd get to go into the home. And these mothers were so kind to welcome me in so I could experience you know, what it was like and begin to understand really early in my career from a public health perspective the importance of the communities in which would really set up for the for the rest of the trajectory of my career of the communities in which I was so passionate about finding ways to serve. And that's what this work has really been about and served as the foundation. And I'm proud to say we worked ourselves out of a job because we were able to get sustainable funding and they didn't need us anymore. <laughs> so what a blessing. Yeah, right. That is a blessing. I mean, it was, I was sad, but I was also so, so proud because um, we were able to get that funding secured through the legislature. So it still exists today. Programs are rocking and rolling and um, they just have, it's all evidence-based and have really outstanding um, outcomes for these mothers. And I'm really proud of that component in my career for sure. Well, that's a great legacy for you to have left in both states. So thank you for that Absolutely. work. Absolutely. And Kelly, our time has flown by. I just looked at the clock. I'm like, wow, this has, you know, our conversation will have to continue, fast. right? It does go by fast. But uh, we just thank you for your good work. You're currently serving as president and CEO of the Foundation for Health Leadership and Innovation. But as we just heard, you've been doing a good work for a while. So thank you for joining us. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly an honor. I appreciate the opportunity and best of luck to you guys as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. And for those of you joining and watching today, we hope you enjoyed this edition of Taking the Pulse, a healthcare and life sciences podcast. And we look forward to seeing you next time.